Well, you just saw in that video from Easter, I mean, over 82,000 people in our valley gathering to worship Jesus and 1,119 people getting baptized. Like, that's a revival. We're, we're, in the, we're in the middle of one, and just, just know every single one of those baptisms has a story. And I've been hearing some of them, and I'm just telling you, it's life change happening all around us. So can, can we give God just one more time, just a big hand? It's all for him. It's all because of him. And we're so grateful. And by the way, if, if, you, if you're new, if, if maybe last weekend was your first weekend and you're back, like you're here and you're not here by accident, and I'm so glad you are. As we start a new series, I wanna start with a question. I wonder if anyone here has ever had a near-death experience. Anybody kinda of had a moment where your life like kinda of flashed before your eyes? Anybody out there have something like that happen to you? I, I wouldn't have said I did up until really what happened to me a couple years ago. I've never shared this publicly, but what happened to me, it was January 22nd, uh, 2021, and I decided uh, that day, it was Friday, which is my day off, because I work the weekends, I decided I wanted to take my middle daughter on like a really fun but nice upscale dad-daughter date. So I took her to Castles and Coasters. And I was, we're like fancy, like Applebee's, I guess, as the song says. So uh, I took her, and we had, a, we had a great time. It was awesome. And we were on our way home, and I exited the freeway, and I came up the ramp, and I needed to turn left, so I came to a light. I was gonna turn left to go over an overpass on the freeway, and I was at this red light, and the light turned green. It was a green arrow, so I turned out to pull left, and when I did, and I pulled out, guys, I, I don't know how to explain this other than it just happened like, in a, like that. Never saw it coming. Someone ran a red light at a very high speed, and they hit our car. And we spun um, around 360 in the road. They, the, the person that hit me, spun around, uh, landed into the cement wall of, of the overpass. And I stood there after we got hit, and I just was sitting there, and my daughter was with me, and I looked at her and I just said, are you okay? Are you okay? She's like, Dad, I think I'm okay. And we're both breathing and when I knew that we were okay, I got out of the car because I wanted to make sure that the, the person who hit us was okay. They, they hit the wall really hard. And I walked out and their car was very uh, banged up. It was, it was really beat up and destroyed. It was a brand new Volvo. I opened the driver's side door to check on them and I couldn't even see the driver because it was a new Volvo. They were in a cocoon of, of airbags. It was like amazing. Um, and I, I pulled these airbags back and it was a woman that had no idea she ran a red light. She never hit her brakes. And she was um, a little distraught and we called the ambulance and she stayed there and as the ambulance was coming, I walked back to our vehicle, my daughter was still there, and I just wanted to see what happened to our vehicle. And when I looked at the passenger side area where we got hit is where it hit me, what hung in the balance. If I would have pulled out into that intersection just one second longer, maybe one and a half seconds longer, she would have directly hit the passenger side door where my daughter was at, potentially killing my daughter or seriously injuring her, and I don't know what would have happened to me. And in that moment, I realized that all it takes is a moment for us to have our last moment. 
for us to breathe our last breath on this earth and for us to die. And it's kind of like, what? we're all gonna face that, but what happens after we die? Like, we don't, we don't think about that very often. Is that, is that fair? Like, we don't think about that much? Well, we're gonna talk about it for the next four weeks, all right? That's what we're gonna talk about, and I get it, because some of you are thinking this. Why would we talk about that? That's so morbid. It's, it's kind of like stepping on a scale to weigh yourself. It's not like you're not curious. you just rather not do it, right? Because ignorance is bliss. Or maybe it's not. And I, I get that this could be a hard topic for some of you because I want to just acknowledge some of you have recently lost a loved one and it's really hard and I'm so sorry and I just want to tell you we're, we're here for you but I really think this series is going, to hurt, is, going to, is going to help you, not hurt you. But for all of us, think about this, for all of us, I think we know intuitively that being ignorant and not thinking about the afterlife doesn't help us one bit. In fact, I would say it this strongly, I think not thinking about the afterlife is the one reason some of us aren't living the life God wants for us today. Think about what Stephen Covey said years ago. Stephen Covey said success is thinking about the end in mind. And some of us don't ever think about the end of our lives, and it's a mistake. So we're gonna kind of all get forced into thinking about that for the next four weeks. And the big umbrella idea for this series is this. What you believe about eternity determines how you live today. Do you know that? What you think about, what you know about the afterlife will absolutely affect this life. And let me just tell you where we're headed for the next four weeks because it's a great series to invite some friends to. This week, I'm gonna talk about death. And if that's not fun enough, next week we're gonna talk about hell. If you've ever wanted to hear your pastor say, say hell, I'm gonna break records next week, okay? We're gonna talk about hell. What, is it real? Like what's it, if it is, what's it like? And why would God ever be so good, create something like that? Week three, we're gonna talk about heaven and Dave Stone's gonna teach that week. It's gonna be an epic week. If you've been here when Dave Stone teaches, it's always good and I'm really excited about that. The, the week I'm personally most excited about is week four because what's gonna happen, we've never done this before. Our teaching pastor, Mark Moore, and I are gonna be on stage together and we're gonna co-teach that week answering like tons of questions you might have about the afterlife. And we're gonna go deep. Do we have memories in heaven? Do, will we recognize each other? Is there marriage in heaven, right? Uh, we're, even gonna go we're even gonna go here. Do pets go to heaven, okay? For you cat lovers, be here. <laughs> might surprise you with the answer. Anyways, we're gonna go there, okay? But you need to be here every single week of this series, why? Because I did so much research this last week. I mean, it is the statistics. You won't even believe the statistics. Did you know still every one out of one of us is gonna die? <laughs> Except for Elvis and Tupac, apparently, like I think there's some controversy. But the death rate is 100%. In fact, Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27 puts it this way. Everyone, that is everyone, has to die once and then face the consequences. We have to face what's gonna happen after we die. Now, we don't know how we're gonna die, and I don't know how I'm gonna die, and I, you know, some of us have these weird things of, I, I really hope I don't die this way. Anybody got that? Like, really hope? Um, my wife, Jamie, her, she is deathly afraid of the ocean. 
Like, it's kind of funny. She won't even get in the ocean. And I was talking to her this week. I'm like, what is it, babe? Is it, is it sharks? She's like, Ashley, it's everything. Everything in the ocean. And I'm thinking, like, everything? I mean, did you know statistically you have greater odds of dying from a coconut falling from a tree than a shark attack? <laughs> Do you know that? It's true. Look it up for yourself. I'm like, get in the ocean. But as much as I can poke at her, I'll, I'll, I'll poke at myself. I, I debated telling you this, but I'm just gonna tell you, my stupid way, I really hope I don't die. I mean, this is really real. It's from my childhood. I really hope I don't die from a water snake bite. I know, it's so dumb. But when I was a kid, I was watching this Western movie and this guy was swimming in this lake and this, this water snake is just tracking this dude down and he can't get away because he's in the water and it bites him and he dies this gruesome death. And ever since then, I've been like, I'm afraid of water snakes. You know, I just, I just am. But all of us are gonna die. Aren't you glad you came to church this weekend? You're like, that's very uplifting. But remember, what we believe about eternity will absolutely determine how we live today. So today, as we kick off the series, I'm gonna tell you three things that are going to happen when we die. If you're taking notes, here's number one. Your physical body will die, but you will not cease. Did you know that? You're gonna die, your physical body's gonna die, you don't actually die. Now you need to think about this deeply. We're gonna go deep in this series, let scripture speak to us. But when you die, your physical body dies but you don't die, why? Because you are not just a body, you are a soul. Listen to the words of Jesus. Let this sink in. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. They're different. And we, we forget this. Jesus goes on to say this, rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body and hell. And for a lot of us, the only thing we care about is kind of this physical body or what happens on this earth to us. And we forget that we will live in eternity somewhere because we are a soul that's gonna last forever. I, I wanna say it this way, and this isn't original to me, but someone said this, I love this. This is so good to let this sink into your heart. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. Can I say that again? You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. And one day, your soul is gonna last on. This body will not. In fact, that doesn't mean the body's bad. It doesn't mean we shouldn't care about the body. It just means that that it, they're, they're different. I like the way Paul puts this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse one. He says, for we know that when this earthly tent, think about that language, when this earthly tent, our body, we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. In other words, one day this, this physical body dies and we have a soul that lives on and one day God's gonna give us an, a heavenly body that is gonna be forever. So that, that's one. The second thing, based on this, that you need to know when we die is our soul separates from our physical body when we die. Like these two things separate. Okay, our physical body is buried, and it stays buried until the second coming of Jesus when our body is raised from the grave. God, Jesus creates a new heaven and a new earth, and we get a brand new body, a brand new body that's gonna last forever. 
You wanna know what that body's like? Gotta come week four, that's what we're gonna talk about. It probably looks like this, I think, maybe. I don't know, I mean, just to give you a hint, some of you'd be like, well, that's lame, okay? <laughs> we're gonna talk about that, but just know um, your soul is, is gonna be what lasts forever. Now, the moment you die, your soul, even though your physical body is in the ground, your soul immediately goes into the presence of Jesus if you're a follower of Jesus. And I wanna show you that by just looking at the words of Jesus. Remember when Jesus was dying on a cross and there was one of the thieves next to him that, that decided to follow Jesus and give his life to Jesus. And do you remember the words of Jesus? Jesus said this in Luke chapter 23. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, say it out loud, today. Not tomorrow, not some time in the future, today you will be with me immediately in paradise. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. The moment we die, we're present with Christ. Now, what, what happens to our soul when we're present with Christ before we get this eternal body when Jesus comes back at his second coming? Like, where's our soul at before the new heaven and the new earth? Well, the Bible isn't clear on that. We just know it's in the presence of Jesus. And it is good, like crazy good. But it's immediate, which means there's no lag time, there's no jet lag, there's no intermediate state where you go to be purged of your sins as some teach or call purgatory. There's no place where your soul goes to sleep until the second coming of Jesus. Our soul immediately goes into the presence of Jesus and we wait for the second returning of Jesus to come back again before our body's raised and we're given a new body. But the soul and body separate at our death. Now the third thing you need to know when we die, and this is the most important thing we'll talk about today, is that we will face judgment. All of us. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27. Let me, let me read it to you from the NIV version. It says this, just as people are destined to die once, which that flies in the face of reincarnation, you hear about reincarnation, we do not reincarnate. We don't just keep coming back again and again. We live once. Everyone gets one life and that's it. And everyone's gonna die once and then what? It says, and after that, to face, say it out loud, judgment. Now when you hear the word judgment, for some people that's a hard word to hear. You think, well gosh, what? I have to go before God and, and be held accountable for everything I've ever done, I have to face judgment. And while that sounds hard to hear, intuitively, you want it. Like, what are you talking about? You want this. You want a God of justice. You want a God of justice, because think about this, that, those people that have done evil to you, when we look around this world and you see all the evil, People taking little kids and selling them into sex trafficking. Some of us ask, where's God in that? Well, we've talked about this. And why, why, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? We've taught on this, and if you, you should go back and listen to it if you haven't heard the teaching, but we've talked about that God gives us free will. And because of free will, we have the choice to choose or reject him. And many people have chosen to reject God, and there's evil on this earth. But please understand, there will come a day where every person has to answer for the evil they have done before a holy and righteous God. And you want a God of justice. 
So there will be a judgment where all of us stand before God. But I want you to know today that there are two different judgments. This is talked about in scripture, but sometimes as Christians we forget that there's actually two different judgments. I wanna talk to you about both of these. The first judgment is all about our relationship with Jesus. One day we're gonna stand before God and we're gonna be held accountable for what we did with his son Jesus. You, you know the old uh, question that people used to ask all the time, like if, if, you, if you died today and you were standing before God, what would your answer be for why he should let you into heaven? You know that question? I heard one pastor put it this way and I really like this. If we stand before God and our answer is ever in the first person, we are immediately disqualified. I did this, God. I was a good person. I gave my money. I helped the poor. I did this. I did this. You have immediately disqualified yourself. Because remember, we talked about this last weekend, Romans 3.23, all of us, and we gotta let the gospel sink in. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. God has a standard and none of us live up to that standard because all of us are sinful. So if we ever answer because of what I've done, wrong answer. What is the only right answer? It's in the third person. Because he, because he, because Jesus went to a cross and died and shed his blood and rose again, God, that's the only thing I've got is Jesus. Ding, 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 ding. That's the right answer. Because you cannot be forgiven based on your own good works. You can only be forgiven because of the grace of God through his son Jesus on the cross. And by the way, that's what so many of you did last weekend is you decided to give your life to Jesus and be baptized because you needed, you know you needed forgiveness. You knew you couldn't do it on your own. The only way to stand before God on judgment day is to have Jesus that took your sin away because you gave your life to him. And, and if that was you, I just wanna say congratulations, you just changed your eternal zip code. You did. In fact, it was, it was Sunday afternoon and um, it was late in the afternoon and I, I had gone home from just a, a crazy weekend of just watching God move all across our campuses and I went down and saw our, our downtown campus launch and it was amazing and I came home, I was, I was eating lunch and I got a call from a friend of mine and he said, hey, you remember this guy that we recently met? And I said, yeah, and he, he became a, a new friend of mine and he said, he wants to get baptized. Do you think there's any way that this afternoon, he said he's gotta do it, like he needs Jesus. Can, can he get baptized this afternoon? I know, I know the services are over, and I was like, sorry, I'm eating, I'm eating lunch, man. <laughs> you think I said that? I was like, yes! So I drove down, I'm tired, I'm, I'm like, Did we gotta, so I drove down at 4.20 p.m. This man, and I'll, I won't say his name to protect his identity, but I'll just tell you this, he's one of the, he's one of the top leaders in our city. He's a, he's a powerful man, he's a strong man. And when I asked him, what made you decide that you need Jesus, this strong man started weeping. 
Because at some point, you have to realize your strength is not enough. All of us need Jesus. And he gave his life to Jesus. And to watch a strong man surrender, there's nothing more beautiful. Because all of us have to surrender at some point. He gave his life to Jesus and he got baptized. Not only him, but his whole family went in. They all made the decision and they got out and we're praying together after his baptism. And during the prayer, I'm praying, God just put this picture immediately in my mind. It was so beautiful. He said, Ashley, I just wrote four new names in my book of life. And one day, you will stand before God. And if your name is not written in the book of life, you're in trouble. The Apostle John, who wrote Revelation, which is all about the end of times and, and what we should expect, when he was writing Revelation on the island of Patmos, he wrote this in Revelation chapter 20. He said, I saw a great white throne and the one enthroned, and then I saw all the dead, great and small, standing there before the throne, and the books were opened. Verse 15, anyone whose name was not found inscribed in the book of life was hurled into lake fire. What's lake fire? We'll talk about that next week, all right? But I just have to say this to someone here today because I feel convicted to say this. If you have been holding off giving your life to Jesus, maybe even held off last weekend, please talk to someone today. Talk to, our, talk to one of your campus pastor, talk to one of our staff, talk to a volunteer, talk to the friend or family member that brought you because I want you prepared for judgment day. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know when our moment's gonna come, but I want you prepared and you want you prepared. But there will be a judgment and, and the first judgment will have everything to do not with your works, it will have everything to do with what you did with Jesus. But there's a second judgment for us that are Christians. Did you know that? This is written about through scripture. We, we, we just like to forget it because we like to just think about this earth and our time here. But there's a second judgment and the second judgment has everything to do with what you've done on this earth. Did you know that? And there's rewards given out in heaven. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is a different judgment, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So the first judgment is all about our relationship with Jesus. The second judgment is all about what you've done on this earth, and there's rewards given out in heaven for what you've done. Now, this confuses some of us because we think, well, wait a second. I thought your salvation was only based on grace. It wasn't based on works, like Ephesians says, right? For it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. And that's exactly true. But once we get into heaven, there's another judgment that is all based, not on our, it's all based on our works after we get into heaven. Let me, let me just put it this way to maybe clarify it. Grace determines our entry into heaven. Our works result in our rewards once we get there. So don't confuse this. Nothing you do will get you into heaven. Only Jesus. But once you get in, God's like, let's talk about what you did. You're like, what, what would we be judged and rewarded on once we get into heaven? Oh, this is all throughout scripture. Let me just tell you a few things. 
We'll, we'll be judged and rewarded based on how we treated people. How we treated those that were hurting around us. Did, did we lean in or did we walk away? How do we treat the poor? How do we treat those that were abused or those that were neglected? How will we treat them? We will be judged on this. We'll be judged on how we shared our faith. The greatest rewards in heaven will be given out for those that share their faith the most. Because the greatest reward you will ever experience in heaven is if someone walks up to you and says, I'm here because of what you did, because you shared Jesus with me. I'm here because you, you started serving in kids ministry, you were sharing Jesus, you didn't think we were listening, we were. I'm here because you started serving in students. And, you, and I, I know you, you thought we smelled, we did smell, we were students, okay? We stunk, but you shared Jesus with us. I'm here because you invited me to church. You took a risk. You walked across the street. You knocked on the door and you told me about your church and you wanted me to come. I'm here because of you. That is the greatest reward you will ever experience in heaven. How'd you share your faith? I hope you're sharing your faith. I hope you're inviting people to church. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be judged, did you know this, on how well we suffered? Matthew chapter five says, there will be a great reward in heaven if you're persecuted here on earth because of your faith. How are you suffering? How do you do when people come down on you? You'll be rewarded based on how you suffer here on earth. We'll, we'll, be, re, we'll be judged or rewarded based on, this, is, this, this just eats me, every word we've ever spoken. Does that convict anybody else? Can, can I show it to you in scripture? Matthew 12, this is Jesus. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. When I read that, I'm like, I'm in trouble. You know how many times I've carelessly spoken to my wife, my kids, because all I think about is this earth? I'm not so eternally minded. We'll, we'll be judged, did you know this, by, by our motives? 1 Corinthians 4, 5, so don't make judgments on anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and he will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. How are your motives? You know, some of us do a lot of good, but our motives are for us. Like we want people to look at us, like look at me. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, when, when you give or when you do something, an act of righteousness, don't do it for people to see. You've lost your reward. You've lost it, he says this. You have no reward in heaven, but do it in secret, giving glory to God, and then your reward's great. What else would we read Jezreel reward on? How about this, how we used our resources. Do you know every single dollar you've been given came from God, and he's watching how you use it. That's why I like to say every spending decision is a spiritual decision. 
We don't think it matters because we think it's ours, and we've taught around here, it doesn't belong to you. God's watching what he's given you, not only your, your, your money, but he's, he's looking at your influence and your power. What are you doing? Is it all for you and this earth, or is it for eternity? That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, don't store up treasures for yourself on earth. Store them up in heaven. Because when you die, there's only one thing you can take with you to heaven. That's the people you impacted for Jesus. There are no U-Hauls behind hearses. But there's people behind hearses. What, what are you invested in? If the first judgment is all about our relationship with Jesus, the second judgment is all about our relationship with others and our resources. And we'll have to give an account. And what God did, I think this is so great, God revealed to us in scripture what happens after we die, and here's why. Because he wants it to motivate and dictate how we live today. Because what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. How you living today? Like really, just, just take a moment. Like how are, you, how are you living? Do you live for this earth and all about its comfort and all about these things or are you living with an eternal mindset? You don't wanna get to heaven and God goes, you barely made it in, man. You wanna get there and you want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But the only way that will happen is if you really start thinking about what life is like when you leave this earth. The book of James in chapter four, it says your life is but a mist. Like, take an aerosol can when you get home and just, that's your whole life. I mean, it's so fast. And I, I just wanna be real with you because I, I just feel like my job as your pastor is to be the most authentic person I can be. And I would just tell you, as I've been putting this message together, as I've been just thinking about this, um, Saturday morning I went to a funeral for a friend. I've just been so convicted myself that I am not eternally minded the way I need to be, me. I mean, you think, but you're a pastor. Yeah, I mean, when I'm here and when I'm preaching, when I'm preparing messages, when I'm doing my job at work, I am so eternally minded. I'm thinking about eternity. I'm thinking about people finding Jesus and growing in their faith, I am. But please understand, I'm just a regular person. I leave, I go home, I have a whole life, okay? I spend outside of just, just working at church. And I look at that life sometimes and I think to myself, What's wrong with me? Like I care sometimes too much about what people think versus eternity. There's times that I hold on to offenses that do not matter. No offense is gonna matter in, in the view of eternity, by the way. The big one that gets me, and I've just really been pondering this, is I would think by now, that I would be less minded 
on this earth and I would be more eternity minded. Like I, I would think like the longer I live, the less this, this world has its grip on me. This world, that's like the longer I live, the more this world just grips me and holds on and sinks its fangs into my heart and says, it, it like tries to convince me this is all it is. And the reason I know that is because when I get tired, when I get worn out, and I do, I start getting so fixated on comfort. Anybody else? Convenience. I start thinking about the next trip, the next vacation. It's like that's all I can think about. I mean, just to be honest, and I'm sorry if this disappoints you, like there's times I used to share my faith everywhere, and now it's like I walk into the gym and Costco, and it's like I just hope I get out without getting interrupted or disrupted and just get home and rest. And rest isn't bad, but rest is only good so I can stay on mission, and my mission needs to be eternity all the time. And it like disgusts me sometimes how much I don't think about this life after, and how I'm so consumed with my comfort here on earth. Anybody else? Am I like the only one struggling? It's like when I got in that accident with my daughter, and like life flashed before my eyes, our car got jolted, but my heart got jolted in the process. It's like God realigned me. And I just feel like this series, at least for me, and it's gonna be for many of you, God's gonna realign our hearts and say, this world is not all there is. There's more. There's eternity. When Jesus was praying the Lord's Prayer, he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How can we bring heaven more to this earth and be more eternally minded? It might mean, for some of you very practically, you need to forgive someone that you have not forgiven and you're holding on to this. And when you forgive, you bring heaven to earth. And by the way, you, you forgo the regrets of holding on to an offense your whole entire life, which you will be on your deathbed with so much regret. You gotta release. Some of us need to just take our resources and say, it's all about us, it's all about my house and a new car and new stuff. And you need to invest your resources in something that's gonna last. Some of you just need to start serving. Maybe you start giving your life to serving and using your life for something bigger than just you. I don't know what it is to get your mind more on eternity. It could be just like you're, you're in a really tough time right now and, and you're so down on yourself and you're so woe is me and you need to think in the light of eternity, suffer well. In light of eternity, you have momentary problems right now. Let's get our eyes and our focus on eternity. Because remember, what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. And many of us need to think and live with the end in mind. Amen? Let's, let's pray together. Father, I just wanna pray for all of our hearts, mine included, that, that have just been so focused on so many things but eternity. We've been focused on here and now and our issues and our comfort and our new house and our new stuff and our everything and how they hurt me and what they did. And God, we're gonna stand before you one day after this short life is over and we're gonna have to give an account for this life. And I pray that today's a reorientation for some of us, for me, to get back on mission, to get back on the view that this life is short and I need to live more for eternity and less for this earth. God, we, we give our lives to you. We pray that you move in our lives. Help us to do what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's go out and live with the end in mind.
I've got weak CCV.